God bless you all and all those that have called in on the Zoom. We're just so happy to see your faces and and each one that has gathered with us. God bless you richly. Can we sing in times like these? You need an anchor. In times like these, you need a Savior.
times like these I have a Bye. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's Jesus I really want to see. It's Jesus I really want to see. Sing it one more time. It's Jesus. to read out this morning um, from the Weber family asking prayer for their son-in-law who's going to be undergoing surgery on Monday praying that and asking that all would go well with that surgery on on him I wonder brother Ken Ardeal could I ask you to come and take us to the throne of grace this morning just, have, just remember children of God around the world, the bride of Jesus Christ, we're going through difficult times, but we serve a great God who is a very present help in the time of trouble, and we're so thankful for that. God bless you, Brother Ken. Good morning, everyone. Let's just pray. Father, we stand here this morning um, not because of anything that we have done, not because of anything that we have not done that we have avoided in any way, Father, but it's only because of who you are, it's because of what you have done, what you have done on Calvary and before Calvary in that great predestinated plan of God where you saw us before the foundation of the world and predestinated us a seed inside each one of us, Lord. And that seed gives us a great hunger for you, Father. That seed will bring forth and has brought forth in so many lives. And many of them joined with us and around the world, Lord. We thank you for each and every life that's here joined with us. And wherever they would be worshiping you this morning, Lord, we know that you have a great plan. And the world has a plan to try and prevent and contain this uh, COVID virus. But your plan goes so much farther than that, Lord. Your great plan goes down into the very depths of our heart and flows outward in salvation and deliverance and healing, Father. And and uh, salvation. 
provision for our loved ones and our children and our grandchildren, Father. You've never failed. You never will fail, Father, because you see all, you know all. But we can only rest in this tiny little bit that we can glimpse and see right in front of us. But Lord, as you said through a glass darkly, but Lord, you know it all. You see it all and have this great plan laid before us. And so this morning, Lord, we come and bow before you and commit our ways to you and this service to you and the great hopes and things that we have in our hearts and and in faith reaching out to you lord we pray that you would accomplish those things lord we pray for the weber family's son-in-law and this operation tomorrow lord you know there's nothing that catches you by surprise we are continually surprised lord but you are never surprised And so, Lord, not only with the prayer request uh, do we bring it to you, but we know that you already have the answer to this prayer request. Lord, would you deliver him, Father? Would you guide the surgeon's hands? Would you speed the healing and remove the pain, Lord? And not just uh, the operation, Lord, but for the reason behind that operation. Lord, may you remove the cause, Father, and not just by the doctor's hands, but by the grace of God through healing, Lord, we pray. We commit our ways to you, Lord. We're We're glad to have our brother Tom back. Come and stand before us and minister to your people, Lord. We pray that you'll bless him and anoint him, strengthen him, Father. He's been through much. I think none of us really know just how much. But Lord, you've made him what he is today because of what he's been through. It's true for each one of us. May you help him. May you speak through him, Lord. Bless your people, we pray this morning. Every song that is sung, every prayer that is prayed, we know that you see it all. We commit it all to you in the name of Jesus Christ now. Amen. Bless you each and every one. Just have one uh, quick announcement. Um, Brother Tim Dodd asked me to let you know that the Believer's Faith Challenge report will be mailed out um, this week, both locally and internationally, just because of uh, current restrictions. So they're going to mail it for, uh, from the church here, and um, you'll be receiving it shortly. And looking forward to that and looking forward to our brother Tom. Happy to have him back. It's been a, a long while since we heard him minister unto us and we're sure looking forward to it. And let's sing the song, I'm so glad he found me, in love he bound me. Well, I'm so glad he found me, in love he bound me.
my love will still grow fonder in that happy land beyond. Let's all clap together and sing out to him. Well, I'm so glad you found me. In love he found me. He put his arms around me. And then he led me to the shelter. And now I'm one of his own and Good morning, everyone. God bless you. It's nice to be found in the house of the Lord. Welcome back, Brother Tom. Wow. I can see that, and I thank you for that. I feel I've been back for a while, but I have not been at my post of duty for a long time. And I feel that uh, I got too much hay on my fork. So we might have to cut it a little short to uh, keep it going for a while. I so appreciate everybody that has stood in their place of duty. Of course, I have special mention of all the different ministers that have stood here by my lack of not being here. Of course, our pastor has given us the ability to grow and mentor under his leadership. Brother John Andes, who's done a great, great uh, work and help in, in the States. Brother Tim and Murphy, Brother Michael is coming up in the ranks. and God's not going to see his bride fail at all. Not at all. And um, I think it's very special that we have a place that we can run into and are safe. And that, of course, is in our Lord Jesus Christ. So, But before I go any farther, there's a young couple that would like to to announce something. Um, uh, I, I, I said to Brother Nathan, I said, um, maybe you want to read it. And he says, no, no, I'd be honored for you to read it. And I said, we're going to pass it back and forth. But if Brother Orrin uh, and Sister Amberly are listening, of course they are. Matthew and Sister Rhonda, Brother Nathan, Sister Deborah. On behalf of Brother Matthew and Rhonda Riddell, I believe there's a, a picture up here, on behalf of Matthew, I better say that again because it's been a long time coming, so we can take a long time with the announcement. That's a that's great amen. <laughs> Congratulations, Brother Orn. And Nathan and Deborah Hildebrandt, they would like to announce the engagement of their children. Well, I, I think we'll change the children to young people, but they are your children. Amberly Riddell and Orn Hildebrandt. Wedding date to be announced. Well, I know they can't hear, but I'd like to give them. And I think in heaven, I think even heaven's rejoicing, Brother Warren. They finally did it. They did it. 
But I, I asked Brother Nathan about this one work, a word called, we would like to announce. Um, I thought they would say, I would love to announce. But I know that Orrin would love to announce this. So I just changed it on my paper. We love them. They've grown up under the word. They are a great example of what this message is. And we pray that God's blessing rests upon them. So Sister Ambly, God bless you. You got a prince. And Brother Orrin, you got a princess. So we're just waiting for you to be king, queen. All right. God bless you. I'd like to also let you know, uh, on the way of an announcement before we get into the word, I did call the British Columbia CDC this week, and um, I didn't call to chastise, I didn't call to uh, be mean or nasty or whatever, I did call just to um, make a point, and they've, they've made it very hard on us, and yet we, we understand this COVID deal as a a devil, they can't understand it as that. But they have now taken away from ourselves a full assembly. We can't, it went from 100 to 50, 50 to nothing. So I, uh, can you imagine? I've been here 45 years, John. I see you shaking your head. 45 years, and I was the only one sitting in the assembly the other day. I, thought, I looked around the room, and of course the musicians were here. I'm the only one in the assembly. And I thought, this is pathetic. But then I realized, hey, if I'm the only one going, it's me. I caught a revelation, ah, that, but I'll, I'll include you too, so don't worry. So I asked them, I said, well, please keep us abreast of where we are going. I said, number one, you change the rules continually on us. We can't even make proper announcements to our own people. And um, I said, I'm not here to, to be mean or nasty. I'm just here to put my point and across, and I just said, listen, I name, she says, do you want to give your name? I said, well, absolutely. Why wouldn't I want to give my name? My name is Thomas Arthur Ray. And my office number is 576 or that's my, <laughs> sorry, 576-1337. Oh, she said, uh, you're very precise. I said, yes. I said, because we are interested in directing our sheep. That's the only thing our hearts are for is our sheep. And if you can't give us direction, we'll take direction. And we'll have to do what we have to do. She says, well, we don't know where we're going. I said, well, I said to Brother Nathan, it's the blind leading the blind. They have no way. They said, we're like on a, an ocean. We do not know where we're going. We don't know what this COVID's going to do. Well, let me say to you this morning, and as I get ready to minister, never once has the troubler, and I'm going to call Satan the troubler. Never once has the troubler ever had victory in trouble. It's always turned to victory. There has never been a negative. Whatever Satan does, there's something better for us that's coming. And I want you, saints of God, to tuck that within your heart. Never, Sisterina. Never. Because there's a prophecy coming. And you're under that prophecy. And that prophecy is there'll come a time when they'll speak limbs on existence, on the body. And you just claim it because that's your prophecy. And we have to claim all these prophecies that are laying within this precious message. So she said, well, is there anything else you'd like to say? I said, yes. We're not a fly-by-night group of people. 
We are the most stable people in this country. And I said, we are a people that are praying people. And we believe that this is going to be over. But we do not want to be hamstrung. Our people want to be together. And I believe I can, I can hear an amen around the world. We want to be together. And we'll bind our hearts together to bind Satan so that we can actually come to that realization. So I just want you to know today, as we will preach from the word, doesn't matter what the troubler does. God always wins. God always wins. Don't ever get down. Just keep looking up. Because never once from the Garden of Eden till now has Satan ever won. And so you can just believe that and say amen with me with that. And we will charge forward and claim these promises. It's nice to see different ones on the screen. And those that are on the internet and those that are around the world that have joined in with us. We want to give you God's richest blessing this morning. Thanks giving weekend for the uh, saints on the U.S. side. And they've had their turkey dinner. We didn't get our turkey dinner with our families. So everything has, it's all topsy-turvy. It's all topsy-turvy. But we're finding out that this world is not my home. We're just a passing through. Amen. And that's where our heart is, is. That's where our kingdom is. That's where my citizenship comes from. We are not a part of this world. And that should be more a reality to us all. I want to thank Brother Ken Andy Sr. for stepping in the gap. Well, Brother John was away on some well-deserved rest. He did fantastic. And we are going to hear from him again, Brother Ernie Villanueva. I got a, a note from Brother Ernie. That I'm strong again. I'm ready to preach. So he'll be preaching in the next week or so. And uh, we'll be looking very much forward to that. Amen. Oh, there's one other, other one. I, I, there's another young couple. that is. They're, they're old young couples now. So these are the old, old ones. Caleb, uh, Frey, and, and Hannah wanted to have their... Wedding announced on May the 27th, so that's a few months away, but the reason I think they wanted it is because they're together this weekend. It's the first time they've actually been together. They've been, Caleb came up and is visiting my son Sam's home, and so isn't that incredible that you can be engaged and never be at one another's home, and this is the first time I say, praise the Lord. May the Lord bless them also. We've got wonderful couples rising up. And that's good for the church. Amen. We're not the United Church, but a bunch of old people are dying off. That's for sure. We're seeing our youth come to their position. Amen. And the last thing I want to say, and I don't, I don't mention it often, your giving has been phenomenal. For this local assembly, you've stayed in your position by your tithes and your offerings and those that have looked to our church as their as their home church. Your giving has not wavered. It has been unbelievable. And so we're just showing to Satan. It doesn't matter what he does. This message is going to go out. And I, I believe it with all my heart. And I believe that God has a people that support the vision. To see this message go to the bride around the world. And I thank you for your, your faithfulness to this. 
and for the support that you have shown. I'm so glad he found me in the lobby and put his arms all around me. Oh, to that fountain. Now I'm one, oh yes, I'm one. truth, what a revelation that has been made real to a people. We're basking in the very presence of God, getting ready, ready for the great translation, ready for the body change, ready to see this Jesus that we love so dear. It's not a figment of our imagination, but it's the reality of all realities. I pray, Father God, as we look into your eternal word, you will guide us, lead us. Pray that you'll strengthen your sheep, feed your sheep, break the bread of life to your children. We take this time to tell you how much we love you. How individual it is, this walk with God. We're thankful for a people that can rally around the body word of the Son of Man. I pray your greatest blessing upon them as we look to you, the Lamb of God. Break the bread of life. Open the book to us, Lord. Give us eyes out to see and ears to hear. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, musicians. Thank you so much. Ken, for your prayers this morning. Thank each and every one of you by way of this internet feed and those that have joined by by uniting your hearts one with us. I'd like you to turn to Revelation chapter 4, please. Revelation chapter 4. And I'd like to I like to read verse 1. 
but I like to read it in the now. Not in the past, not in the future, but in the now. This is the book that Jesus wrote. This is the bride's book. This is the bride's book. And the Bible says this, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened. That was after the church ages. Brother Bram said, we're at the end of the church ages. I want you to understand, saints, behold, a door is open. I'm not looking to the future. I'm ready to go through the portal. I'm not waiting for a hand to open it up. The door's been open. Behold, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me and said, come up hither. Come up hither, and I'll show the things which must be hereafter. Let's pray one more time. Father, we've read your word. Now I pray, God, that you will take the, the very letter of the word and make it life. For your word is life and life eternal, for that's who you are. Bless your people now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have your seats. So I'm going to title this little message this morning, A Great Door is Open. A Great Door is Open. And I'd like you to uh, keep that in your thoughts as we, we go along within this little message. Now we understand that throughout the scriptures, as we read in John chapter 10, Jesus said, I am the door. So we know there's only one door. One door. The door is Christ, and that door is open. I want you to catch that now. He is the door. And that door is not a closed door. You've been hearing so often over the last little while... The brother's taking a closed book, and now it's an open book. I want to tell you, it's an open door. And that open book allowed the door to be open. And that is Christ. That door is Christ. It doesn't matter however Satan would try and keep the door closed. He can't close the door. We can read in, in, in Revelation chapter 3, where it says here that he is the one that's standing at the door. He said in verse 14, the angel of the church, unto the angel of the church of the Laodicean, write... The amen, uh, these things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Because thou sayest, I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and know not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I, I counsel thee to come by of me, gold tried in the fire, and that thou mayest be rich with white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, 
and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke. As many as I love, I rebuke. Anybody been rebuked before? That's good. That means he loves you. He loves you. As many as, as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Be zealous, therefore, repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. So we can see throughout the scriptures. Jesus is the door. He knocks on the door. Brother Brown preached, door to the heart, doors in doors, door to the heart. We understand, the saints of God, that the Holy Spirit might be knocking on somebody's door. That's the door of your heart. But he's got to knock if he's going to knock. Brother Bram said so eloquently and so beautifully, if he knocks, he comes with a purpose. He doesn't knock just to knock. He comes with a purpose. And he goes so often into it. He said, if it was an important person, you'd run to the door. If it's a bill collector, you run from the door. And I'm not your bill collector this morning, so please don't run from the door. But Jesus standing at the door knocks. And he's knocking for a reason. He's knocking for you to invite him in. You're the one that has to open the door. And of course, being that we love the message, I don't need to repeat the the drama of it. But Brother Bram talked about the the latch on the door is not on the outside for his entry. You have to open the door for the door to come in. So this little service as we get the old rust off the old wheels and Oil it a little bit by the Holy Spirit. We just trust that we'll just help me along as we preach this little subject. There is a time in the scripture where they were going through a very troubled time. And I, as I said at the opening comments, Satan, I will call him the troubler. So he anoints people to trouble you. He anoints governments to trouble you. He anoints economic situations to trouble you. But there is another door called the door of hope. And if you want to read it, you can read it in Hosea. And the Bible talks about how that Achan troubled Israel in the valley of Achor. And that valley by the name of Achor means troubled. So in the valley of trouble, and Achan troubled Israel by his unbelief, by not obeying the word. God never leaves you in your troubles. We can all testify, some of us longer than others, some shorter than others. There's never been a time that when the troubler came to your home, 
That there was not a knock on the door and that door was Christ and that door is the door of hope. That has given you a way out of your trouble. It's written in Genesis. It's written, I'm sorry, in Joshua. It's written in Revelation. Or let me take Genesis. The troubler came to Adam and Eve and caused a great fall. But let, I want you to know this morning that the door of hope came down and gave them bloody skins to take them out of their trouble. And from Genesis to Revelation, God has come down to give you a door of hope. And that door is open to you this morning that you can come a little higher than your problems or your situations. The Valley of Achor, A-C-H-O-R, situated north of Jericho. As they were coming into their promised land, Satan is there to trouble Israel. But God is there with a door of hope saying, I'll deal with sin. You go in and possess the land. Let me tell you something, saints. It might be COVID-19. It could be COVID-9,900. I do not care. But there is a God that is greater than any COVID that could ever come your and my way. And that is a door of hope. And you can go through that door this morning. In the door of doors, whatever door you want to open is the door of salvation, is the door of healing, is the door of deliverance, is the door of redemption. There's doors in the door. It's up to you to open the door. Situated northwest of Jericho. And there was Achan who couldn't take a prophet's message. He could not listen to what the prophet said. He said, touch not any of the accursed thing. But he said, oh, it won't make a difference. It won't make, it's only a Babylonian garment. It's only a wedge of gold. It's only a little silver. It's only a little lipstick. It's only a little this. It's only a little that. It won't hurt. It will kill you. We've been given a message. And we have an adversary. And he's here to trouble you. But I want to tell him and tell that troubler that's troubled my life and troubled your life. Listen, I'm not going to have a pity party. I'm going to walk through the door of hope. And I'm going to rejoice because hope isn't a hope so. It's a no so. Scripturally, hope is an expectation of what is going to be met. And I have an expectation of what is going to be met. Brother Bram said, Aiken said, it, it doesn't matter. I don't need to go to, I, I'm not going to church. Nobody sees where I'm at. I can do whatever I want to do. But saints, who, who, what, what are we, you've got God down to a deacon, a God down to a trustee, a minister. What, what we got? God sees everything. Joshua never saw Aiken. He just knew something was wrong because Israel was going to war and, and people died and the promise was none would die. None would die. But somebody died and somebody sinned and somebody troubled, troubled deeply Israel. But that discernment 
that we have so been blessed with through the ministry of Malachi 4 was in operation through Joshua. And he discerned from two million people, discerned who did it, and had him confront his problem. And even though he said, I, I didn't think, Brother Bram said, it didn't make a, a difference. He says, of course it makes a difference. He said, it was only a little wedge. He said, you disrupted the whole program of God. And if you are, if a great door is now being opened, I want you to just stick with me because I'm going to take a big leap here. If a great door is now being opened and there's a bride that's ready to escape this life in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, this corruption shall put on incorruption. Are we living at that time? Then I'd say, let's get away, get the Babylonian garments away, get the wedges away, bury them, repent, and let God have his way, because the door is now being opened. Brother Bram said, Jesus, of course, is that door. He's the door of your salvation. He's the only way of escape. Now, I know a lot of times with our children, and our children sort of sort of maybe glass over as we preach on maybe some things that are to them that are high and they're not really that high. But I want to really bring it down to our homes. Our homes. Our children. They also need to meet this door of salvation. Because Jesus Christ is the only way to escape. The only way Adam and Eve could escape out of their problems was through bloody skins that covered them. We say, well, he's a bleeding lamb and we leap all the way to Revelation 5 and we speak on Revelation 5. He's the bleeding lamb. He's the bleeding word. He indeed is. And that's why you need to embrace it and claim it for yourself. He is the messenger of this covenant. Brother Bram said, today the true messenger of this covenant is Jesus Christ. And he is standing at the door. For he indeed is the door. The only door. And now he's making this claim. If you want to escape. There's only one way to escape. And that's through Christ. Him alone. He's your door. It's before judgment. Whenever there's a judgment. There's going to be a door given to the believer. Wherever judgment now has come to us. We say we're in the judgment hour. But it's also the redeeming hour. So you don't look at the negative. Because that's not your portion. You need to look at the positive. That this door now is open. This door is Christ. And we're just waiting. Say come up higher. He doesn't have to open the door. It is already open. 
come to this open door. Because this door, if you start to look at it through in, in the Greek and in the Hebrew, you'll find out that this door is the door of opportunity. This is your time of opportunity. Don't miss it. You say, well, Brother Tom, I've accepted Christ a long time. Well, then start opening the doors in the door because there's a lot of things inside Christ you and I need to embrace. We need to come to our position. He's the door. He's the opportunity. He's making a way. And every heartbeat that beats in your body, you're one step closer to the door of death. So now you can choose the door of life or the door of death. I'll take life. Because all that death is for the believer is packing us into the presence of God. There's no, no harm to the believer. How can we then turn away from the love of God that wants to give you the opportunity? He said, he is in this building tonight. I want to say he's in your living room Right now, he's wherever you are, Jesus is there. Don't turn away this door of hope, this door of opportunity at a time of judgment. It was a time of judgment for Israel because Achan troubled Israel. But there was a door open to them. And God gave them forgiveness. And they went on into battle and won many battles. Don't miss or spurn this opportunity. Because it cost God a great price. I don't want to bring a very negative, but just to make my point at this junction. Brother Branham said in a message called God Perfecting His Church. He said, oh, there's a people tonight in hell screaming. He said, if we can walk and pull open the gate or the door like this and let you look down in there. I want everybody listening. If God gave us an opportunity to open the door for you to look in there, I would never have to make another altar call. Think about it. There is a door called death and destruction. And there's that door of hope and life. Don't miss your opportunity. He said, if I open that gate or that door like this, let you look down. He said, I would never have to have an altar call. He said, they're all screaming. They're crawling over one another for an opportunity, for the opportunity But it's passed beyond the veil. Beyond mercy. It's gone too far. They can never be redeemed. So what I want to say to you this morning, young people, that the door of hope is open. And it's a time to run into Christ, who is the door. 
that you could flee this terrible destruction. He said they once had the opportunity. Now think about it. They once had that opportunity. They might have been in a camp meeting. They might have been on a Wednesday night service. They might have been on a Sunday morning. They might have had daddy read their Bible at night. They might have been by their bedside. And now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to take. You might have had prayers with your children. But they never seize the opportunity. I say to you this morning. The door of hope is open for you and I to run into and are safe. What an opportunity you have this morning. Paul writes in First Colossians 16 and 9, For a great door and an effectual is open unto... I love how he says it. He doesn't say you. He says me. Because now you can read it with context that the Bible was written to you. So now you can read this morning, For a great door... An effectual is opened unto me. That's why he's still knocking. That's why you have the opportunity. Open the door. The latch is on your inside. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Listen, saints. I've been around a little bit and maybe longer than I need, should be or need to be. But you see certain swings within even the message. Certain swings. They swing this way. Word, 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 word. Swing this way. Emotion, emotion, emotion. Let's let's go right down, right down the middle. Let's take the word with emotion. Something that's real. If it doesn't have emotion, it's dead. But it's not emotion to craziness. And it's not word to deadness. There has to be some life. It has to be some life. So Paul is saying a great door and effectual is opened unto me. Put your name there, Oren. Open up to Oren. It's open up to Tom. It's open up to Ben. It's open to me. And there's many adversaries. Many adversaries. People say, I just, now, now not to, on, on, on these young people. Once I get married, it's easy breezy. If I only get out of high school, I got it. Yeah, you get out of high school, you'll find it's the easiest time of your life. You're always looking for an opportunity to have it easy. This is not an easy way. Christ is not an easy way. It's a rugged way. But it's the right way. It's my way. A great door and effectual is open. And there are many adversaries. Many. More so today than there was in the 60s. More so today than there was in the 70s. More adversaries. More devils. But let me tell you, there's a door of hope that's opened up for you and I to run into this morning. And you can start opening the door of victory. Victory is mine. In Christ is my victory. Is my overcoming. He's my everything. So let's take a look at at another translation, he said, because a wide door for effectual service. So now we're starting to see something that's effectual has a purpose. So then when you get into Christ, 
God has a purpose for you. It's an effectual service. It's open up for me. It's giving me an opportunity. It's giving you an opportunity. Effectual means it's in a manner to produce to what God has intended. So the door has been opened for you, brother Nathan, because God has an intent. It's effectual. There's a purpose. Who would have thought in Saskatchewan, you'd be song leader in Cloverdale. Who would have thought a boy who ran the streets in Chilliwack would be a preacher behind a pulpit in Cloverdale? Who would have thought this? But God got an effectual plan for each and every one of you. Ben, who would have thought you'd be playing for the bride of Jesus Christ? Who would have thought that you'd be sitting in the church with hardly anybody here? But you're here. Satan ain't got you. You've had a lot of adversaries, but you've beat every one of them. He's a troubler, but he hasn't troubled you to keep you away. I say, greater is that God that's in you than the troubler that is in the world. And I want you to know that there are those that are listening on the internet. The greater is he that is in this bride. Christ himself is greater than any COVID, N1, H1, chicken disease, cow disease. Come on. We've had them all. In the log church, we had mad cow. If you ate the wrong meat, you got mad. In the brain, your brain became sponge. And everybody's afraid to eat meat. Then we have the chicken disease. Everybody's afraid to eat chicken. Then we have pork disease. Everybody's afraid. Hey, pray over your food. Make it an effectual prayer. With purpose. So now... This effectual door, God has opened for me and has opened for you. Even though there's many adversaries, they can't stop what God has in mind for you. I want you to start saying that in your own heart this morning. Nothing can stop me. Because I've gone through that door of hope. And in that door is my victory. And God's got an effectual work for me to do. And nothing is going to stop me from completing what God has in his mind for me. You say, well, well, there's nobody here. Hey, you got to learn to walk with God and yourself. I don't need, as one brother said, I don't need to have a church full of people to prop up my walk with God. But it's nice. I'd love to have every one of you in this pew. But Enoch walked with God and was not. He walked with the great God himself. So there's an effectual work that will produce God's desire and intent for you. Can I say, I've got heaven on my mind? God's intent is a rapture people. We've gone through seven ages, have we not? We've gone from Paul all the way to Laodicea. And at the end of the Laodicean church age, God would have a son of man ministry. And that ministry was going to join the head and the body together for a great rapture in the sky. The door is now open. I said, we're ready to leave. 
People say, oh, how is it going to happen? It might be happening as we speak this morning. If the parking lot is empty, look, you should walk, you should see the parking lot. You should see the church. It's empty. We could be gone and nobody know it. And it's going to be a secret rapture. And nobody's going to know it. Where's Tom and Joanne? Well, they're stuck in their house. Nobody knows it. Are you ready to leave? Jonathan, are you ready to leave? We're ready to leave in the twinkling of an eye. Peter says this, Wherefore, rather, brethren, give diligence. Make your calling and election sure. You've got an effectual door that's been opened to you. A door is open for God's purpose. Peter writes, For an entrance shall be ministered to you abundantly. So now you have a message of over 1,100 and something tapes. And I want to say to you, you can read Second Peter this morning and say, an entrance, an angel. Remember, there were angels in the garden. The troubler came and he disrupted Eden. Sorry, I shouldn't move, should I, Andrew? Huh? They disrupt Eden. But God's purpose was not going to fail. God is going to have a perfect masterpiece family. Brother Bram said in one place, it took millions of years to bring Adam and Eve to the Garden of Eden. But he said it only took a couple of thousand years to bring the bride to her surprise. Million, millions of years to make the Adam and Eve, and now he's taking a couple thousand years? I say he's doing a quick short work. People look, they wonder, what, what are all these expressions? We need to see it how God sees it, not how we interpret it. It's going to be a quick, short work. Well, it is. If he said it took millions of years to produce Adam and Eve, and it only took a couple thousand years to create a bride that will not fall because she's got an effectual life within her, I say, glory be to Jesus. I'm ready to go. The door is open. The great door awaits me. So now an entrance shall be ministered to you, not sparingly, not a little bit. It has been ministered to you abundantly. Abundantly. Into where? Into an everlasting kingdom. Because God has a purpose for calling you and that's to rapture you and put you in glory. We're not a bunch of Lutherans, folks. We're not a bunch of Methodists that's going to dredge out this age and, oh, it's another day. We've got to live another hour. I can barely make it. You've already made it, Brother Brown said in the rising of the sun. He said, you already made it. I seen you there. God saw me in the eternities. Hallelujah. And an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly, Brother Nathan. This message. My goodness. People say, what are we going to do? We can go to church. Well, what are you talking about? You are the church. Can I say that again? What am I going to do? I can't get to church. What are you talking about? You are the church. This is the building the church gathers in. I, I expected I'd see a few more mouths open up on that screen there. Amen, Brother Tom. We are the church.
Nothing is going to stop this church to fulfilling the very purpose that God has in his mind. For God has ministered and has ministered and will minister. You have archives. You have 1100 some tapes. You can get on the internet. You can hear Brother Deoka in Africa. You can hear Brother Ron Spencer in Virginia. Saints, I'll say to you, you have been ministered to abundantly. Take this opportunity. The door is now open. Abundantly into an everlasting kingdom. Now notice what he says here. For an entrance, Second Peter 1 and 11, if you're looking for it. For an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Abundantly. What a door, Brother Nathan. What a door's been opened. The entrance has been made. The trumpet has sounded. God has spoken. What's my purpose? Rapture. What am I here for, Joseph? To warm up you? Absolutely not. To rejoice in Christ. To glorify the King of glory. To let that word saturate your very being. Because now, behold, I set an open door before you. And he said in in Revelation 3 and 8, I know they worked. Behold, I have set before you an open door. And no man can shut it. Now listen what Brother Bram said in the church age book. In the church age book. He said, I've set before thee an open book in the Philadelphian church age. An open door. I want to look at these words again this time. Though I'm not going to disassociate from missions. So now we'll get into it. Brother Brown said the Philadelphian church age overlaps into the Laodicean church age. And so he's making a, 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 a statement here. He says, though I'm not going to disassociate them from missions. And we do missions. And Brother Tim is going to do a last missions report in the next week or two. He said, but I'm going to bring you to a thought which carries deep into the last age. Hmm. You may want to write that one down. I'm going to bring you to a thought that's going to bring you deep into the last age. As I've already stated, this age melts into the last age. It was in this age, Jesus said, I come quickly. Verse 11. And of the last age, he comes to finish the work and cut it short. And notice, it speaks of the door opening. What is that door opening? And that's where I'd like to just to get down to now. We've laid a little bit of foundation. Now we're getting into the meat of the matter. And we're in trouble. But we have one service, right? Do I hear an amen? <laughs> all right, I got thumbs up all over the place. All right. He says, now this speaks of the door opening. What is it? It's a revelation of him. Who's him? The door. Now watch. 
He said, and that revelation is opening up to bring us strength. Why is the door opening? That door is opening in a time of trouble to give you strength, one, to illuminate the word, two, and glorify his name, three. So now here we see this revelation is opening up to us to give us strength, to illuminate the word, and to glorify his name. It was in the midst of these last two ages that the revelation of the deity of Jesus Christ blossoms out before us. Yes, we knew he was God. We knew he was God. But did we know him as Redeemer? Did we know him as Sham, the Lord God, Shammah? Did we know him as Tiskanu? Did we know him in the revelation of his redemptive names? What is all that to do is to make you stronger to fight your adversaries. Amen. Because you're going to have some adversaries. You're going to have some troublers. But he's going to have a revelation of who he is to give you strength in the word that is in you to illuminate and to glorify his name. Yes, we knew him as God. We know he's our savior. But to know that he was only God or God alone, that he was Alpha and Omega, did we knew, know that Jesus of the new is Jehovah of the old? Making him Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost all in one person? That was lost. But now God has illuminated it to give his people strength Against those adversaries that will trouble you. So you wonder why Brother Tom has been away. Well, Brother Tom's had some adversaries. More than he cared for. But I'm here. I'm here. I'm not in the doldrums. I'm not in my little pity corner. When I woke up and found out half my bottom of my arm was gone. To put on my foot. And my thigh on my arm, I started to think, I'm just a bunch of pieces. But he's the one that puts the pieces back together again. Oh, he troubles us. God's always got a door of hope open to you. He has opened this door to give you strength in the time of trouble. He has opened himself that you would be illuminated, the word itself would illuminate, and that you would glorify his name. Jesus was both Lord and Christ. He's not some third person of the Trinity. Making him the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, all in one person. And that's been lost since the first church age, but now we're seeing it. The revelation of who he was has come back. Indeed, the Godhead is not three persons. God with, and God with one personality. For it takes personality to make a person. There's only one personality. And there's only one person. But they who believe in three persons and three gods are guilty of breaking the first commandment. Hear ye, O Israel. The Lord thy God is one. 
So an entrance has been ministered to you abundantly that opened serpent seed, that made the whole book come alive. Opened Godhead, opened redemption, opened the seven seals. What an entrance. What a door of hope. Brother Branham said this. He said, my commission, brother, by the grace of God, when the angel of the Lord, I, I, I've used this, and I want you to, just to hear it in this context. When the angel of the Lord moves down, so when he, he says, now, he's standing, another place he said, he's standing right on me. Improving his word. He said, the purchaser is here. So now he says, when now the spirit or the angel of the Lord moves down, I become the voice of God to you. My. My. Did everybody hear that? Everybody hear that? So when you hear a tape or you read a message book, I want you to understand when the angel of the Lord, Brother Bram says, when the angel of the Lord moves down, it becomes then a voice of God to you. He said, that might have offended some of you. Imagine that now. He breaks into discernment right away. He says, that could have offended some of you, that I'm the voice of God to you. He said, but I am God's voice to you. I would say, Brother Branham knew who he was. I have to say to you this morning, the bride knows who she is. Amen. And we rejoice this morning because when we hear that voice, we're hearing from our bridegroom. We're hearing from our bridegroom. I am the voice, I am God's voice to you. He says, now this, which is from above, that come on, that comes down. He's, now we're in another quote. This which comes from above, oh brother, if this ever strikes you, there'll be a spiritual godly faith that will rise up in you. That's what faith will do. Faith recognizes the word. Faith recognizes the word. They weren't even understanding what Brother Brandon was talking about. He said, when he comes down, I am the voice of God to you. It wasn't for them. It's only for the elect. It's only for you. And this entrance has been ministered abundantly. He says, now when this comes from above, it causes a godly spiritual faith. And that faith will recognize only one thing, the word. No matter what anybody else says, they recognize the word. Because the word itself is pouring into faith. He says, then our mental faith becomes a spiritual revelation. Wow. That's, that's for a whole nother day and a whole nother subject. He said, now the Holy Spirit, living his life in human beings, is himself manifesting to the world. Whew. Okay. I'll take that a little slower now. Now we're, like I said, we're going to dive down in now. Now I want to, now I'm looking at all you that I can see. 
I want you to catch this. He says, now listen. The Holy Spirit living his life in human beings. That's the bride. Manifests himself to the world. It's not you that's manifesting. It's Christ that's manifesting in you. I just spent 22 days in a hospital. 22 days in a hospital. I was only going in, supposed to be what, honey, for three or four days? Five days? And ended up for 22 days in a hospital. They chopped off a piece of, like I said, a piece of this and a piece of that. And they re-did this. And they took an old ankle out and put a new ankle in. And they show up at my bedside. They got doctors all over the place. Nurses from Quatland College, BCIT, Langara College. They said, how come you're so happy? How come you're always smiling? Even the doctors said, what are you smiling about? I got something that the world can't give and the world can't take it away. What are you so happy about? We just took half your body and moved it all around. I got something we're talking about. They said, what's different about you? I said, well, do you have enough time? So I calculated the time I preached in the hospital. Brother John, you'll like this one. You'll like this one. I preached five to six hours a day. When I came out of the hospital, I didn't have hardly a voice. So you multiply that by, eh, let's say, 20 days times five hours. That's 100 hours. And if you divide that by an hour and a half of a service, I took close to 60-some-odd services while I was away. So, you know, don't anybody whine to me about, oh, I've taken three or four services. No, sir. Our life is Christ. And we have many adversaries. But there's a door of hope that was opened up to me. And there's a door I opened and it's called joy. Gladness. Thanksgiving. (laughs) Hallelujah. Isn't that right, Sister Rena? Why are you happy? Why are you so... I was your testimony. I came in to see Sister Rena. They said the nurses say, I'm always so happy. They don't get it. But the redeemed gets it. Why? It's the Holy Spirit manifesting himself in you. And you say, ah, Brother Tom, I can see it in you, maybe. You can see it in maybe Brother Biscoll, or I can see it in the deacons. But now I want you to say, I see it in me. I'm here, I'm trying, Andrew, I'm watching your lips there. I see it in me. I see the word in me. It's the Holy Spirit. The word itself is now lived out in human life. Wow. What a responsibility, Brother Orn, have we got. Doesn't matter whether you're in a hospital room, laying in a bed, sicker than a dog. Doesn't matter you're going through your deepest, darkest trials. Remember, whenever the troubler comes, there's victory. Okay, let me just tone it down a bit here. Here's the disciples. Go to the other side of the Galilee. Go to the other side of Galilee, will you? Just, just get in the boat, will you? Just go in the boat. Well, the master said, go in the boat. So what did they do? They went in the boat. So they got out in the boat and all of a sudden a storm called. Come. A storm comes. And they're afraid. They're fearful. Are you kidding me? The master said, go to the other side. Do you think the devil could swamp them? Never. Because God's word never fails. But, that's why he said, ye of little faith. 
The master comes walking on the water. And they were afraid of the very one that was sent to help them. And so the waters, we could say, were troubled. And Satan got into the wind, Brother Bram said. And he started to blow those troubled waters. But peace was coming their way. A door was being opened to them. But they were looking at the circumstance. Come on, saints. Don't look at your circumstance. Look at what the word says you are. If Jesus said, go to the other side, I don't care how many waves would have swamped that boat. Just stay in the boat. Mm-hmm. Stay in the word. Stay in the message. I had one doctor. Now, Michael, you got your camera on you? I'm going to pause for one moment for a station identification. Just come up here and take a picture, please. Okay, Michael's going to take a picture of me. Okay, I'm going to smile. I'm going to stand right here. Do I look all right? All right, got to get the pulpit too. Got to get the pulpit. Okay. The orthopedic surgeon or the plastic surgeon that did all the work on me, and there's another surgeon that did the bone work on me, but the plastic surgeon... Or the, who did all the skin flaps and everything on me. He said, as he was taking out, what, 200 some staples, dear, 101, 100 around here, and then another 100 and whatever, another 100 staples, whatever. And he's pulling these last ones out because the other doctors couldn't pull it out. My skin had attached to it. And he looks at me and says, hey, I hear that you are a pastor or something. I go, yeah, I said, I'm an associate pastor. I, 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 we have a church out in Cloverdale. How many people do you got in your church? I don't know, I don't know, five, six, seven hundred, I don't know. What? What? You have that many people in your church? Yeah, I said, well, but we got 140, at least 50, come all the way from the stateside every Wednesday and Sunday. He says, you got to be kidding me. This is the top surgeon at St. Paul's Hospital for skin surgery. He says to me, I want a picture of you the first time you stand behind that pulpit. I want a picture of you and the pulpit. Because they want to see that their work is effectual. Did you get that? They want to see in the natural. What they do works. And that's natural doctors. But the great physician, he's put an effectual work or seed in you. And Michael, there's not one thing that's going to stop you from producing what God's got in mind for you. I guess there's a little bit of delay, but that's okay. I see ya. Yeah, so we pause for just a picture, just because I want. He wants a picture, so we're gonna give him a picture. We'll frame it for him too. Say it works. Whatever you did works, and whatever Jesus does works. Can I hear an amen? Whatever Jesus does works. He has opened an effectual entrance to you. What is it? It's Jesus Christ living in the people again. And that's why he could take in the rapture message out of Psalms 27. The Lord's my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord's my strength and my life. Who should I be afraid? 
Doesn't matter what adversary you got. David caught the revelation. Who should I be afraid? What Goliath? I've got many stones for Goliath. I got many stones for your Goliath. Who shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes come around me to eat up my flesh, they will stumble and fall. Not me, they. Though a host encamp against me. Huh? There's a lot of adversaries. Though a host encampeth against me, my heart shall not fear. I don't fear COVID. Hello? We don't fear COVID. We don't care what the devil throws at us. We walk in the promise. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And God has given us now the word to combat the troubler. He says, one thing I desire of the Lord that I will seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of his temple. For, doesn't stop there. For in the time of peace. No, it doesn't say that. doesn't say it. It said, for in the time of trouble. He will hide me in his pavilion. That pavilion is his tent. That tent is his person. At a time of trouble, saints of God, there has been a door open to you. And that door of opportunity and a great entrance has been opened up. An effectual entrance. Now think about this now. For those that fear God have the secret of His presence revealed to them. Those that fear God, revere God, respect God, have the secret of His presence revealed to them. Oh, that was beautiful. So just wait on the Lord, David said. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. I say, wait on the Lord. Wait is to look earnestly with hope and expectation. What a door. What an entrance is given to the bride of Jesus Christ. Wait on the Lord. Think of it. Brother Bram goes on to say, think of it now. Think of it. Only the elect, he says, sees this. Or only the predestinated sees this. So now you are in a special group. Oh, you think you're so special? Do you actually think you're so special? Yes. Yes, I do. I hope my wife thinks she's special. She's special because she's my wife. I'm special because I'm his wife. So you are special. Devil's like, oh, you're no good. You're no. I want to tell you, you can turn around and say, devil, you troubler, my door of hope told me I'm special. I am special. And no devil's going to tell me something different. You are special. And you see the presence of God. It's revealed to those who fear God, Brother Bram said. Now notice, he said, then the same pillar of fire that was anointing men of God to write the Bible 
is the same pillar of fire that is now interpreting the Bible. He goes in another place, he said the same God, pillar of fire that wrote the Bible, both in the Old and New Testament, is right here manifesting. Showing just exactly what it was. He's interpreting it back to you and me. How many this morning? On this Thanksgiving weekend. Have thanked God. For giving you eyes to see. And ears to hear. What the spirit would say to the church. Because it's down to a special group. A group that God has called. To come through this great door. That has been opened to you. To give you strength. To illuminate Christ. And to glorify his word. We're not a bunch of weak need Christians. Did everybody hear that? We're not a bunch of weak needs Christian. We're rugged Christians. And the word of God is in her. In her alone. Because whenever Satan troubles, there's a peace and a calm to come. You can take every situation in the Bible and you can see, hey, the troubler came, but God opened a door of hope, peace, satisfaction, and calm. I remember preaching children of the storm. I'm reaching back in my mind and I started to think, that's right. Satan, a troubler, troubled a little widow woman. And she had nothing to eat. She had nothing to drink. But she was a predestinated seed. And there were many widows, Jesus said, in Israel. But he had to go to the widow of Seraphath. Outside of Israel. Outside of denominations. Outside of Laodicea. That there was going to be a people that a prophet comes to. And he troubled her. She had just a little meal left. She had just a little water left and she was going to give it to her son and her son was to dry. He was really troubling the mother. But then there was this older man with a staff in his hand standing at the door, her gate, her door. Bring me a drink. And she only had a little bit left. But something in her said, give him the drink. And by the way, give me your last piece of meal. Make me a cake. But she said, I was just going to fix it for my son and he was going to die. Hey, whenever the troubler comes, I want you to know there's victory in the camp. Victory. Because she gave her last to keep that prophet alive and that prophet gave her an entrance abundantly. And she never ran out of water. She never ran out of meal. And yet the troubler thought he was going to get her. How about that one in Memphis? How about that one in Memphis? Whose son was dying. Troubling her home. Brother Branham said, if I've ever walked into a godly home, it was her home. Just just the, what was on the walls. And, and she, he said it was just a godly home. A privilege to be there. Troubled her. 
troubled her. Her son was dying of a social disease, syphilis. And it was eating him up. And he was dying. And Satan got in the wind and troubled. Troubled a plane that had to land. But that trouble was going to bring a great joy for a mother because a prophet was being obedient to the word and he walked to right to her door. I want to say to you before we close today in just a little opening service, you might be going through a great trial or troubling. You say, oh, my sons, my daughters, whatever the situation may be. Hey, you, her son was moments away from dying. He said, Mama, it's getting real dark in here, Mama. Getting real dark. That's, hey, Brother John, just think of your little child that you got cradled now in your wife's arms. Can you imagine seeing your own son or daughter dying? Doesn't matter what, how old they are. But there's a door of hope waiting for you. And there was, there it came. Mama, it's getting real dark in here. And I loved, I preached on it one time. Mama, it's getting real dark in here. But when the prophet came, his testimony changed. And after they had prayed, he said, Mama, it's getting real light in here. Getting real light in here. What a door. What an entrance. What a place to run into this morning. Maybe you've got some problems in your family or in your relationship with children, parents, parents to children. Maybe you've got financial needs. Hey, just tell the troubler, come on, bring it on, because all I know is that there's going to be Jesus at the end of this trouble. There's going to be the Lord himself going to come and minister to me. Come into my room, and he's going to speak to me, and he's going to tell me, Secrets of love secrets. Jesus is here. Worldwide trouble? Sure, there's going to be worldwide trouble. But there's also going to be a worldwide rapture. There's going to be a worldwide trouble. You think that this is trouble? You ain't seen nothing yet. I don't care. Somebody said whether it's Republican, Democrat, could be liberal in Canada or NDP. It doesn't matter. Progressive, conservative, whatever. They're all of the devil. And I know that makes it really popular, whoever hears this tape. Politics is of the... Sure. (laughs) I didn't even have to finish that, so I can't get incriminated. But it's nevertheless true because the prophet said, politics is of the devil. Governments are of the devil. It's not our home here. Don't get comfortable here. We're getting comfortable in Him. In Him. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that has given me an abundant entrance. An entrance. That I could ask anything in His name, Nathan. And I shall have what I ask. Trouble? Bride doesn't look at the trouble. Brother Bram said, the bride is looking for the coming of the Lord. We're not looking at the situations that are around us. We're looking at the promises of God. We've got our eyes fixed on Him. We are looking with undivided attention. We've looked away at those things that try to distract us. We're looking away and we're looking to Jesus. Troubles of life? Let them pass. Let them go.
It's been prophesied in a rapture message. These will be troubled times, my friends. Don't that ever cause you fear. Don't ever allow the troubler to cause you fear. I want you to take another position. Okay, Satan, I'm going to look you straight in the eye. You, tr- you troubled Adam and Eve in Genesis. But now you've come to the end. And now you're looking at the manifestation of the word of God. And now I'm going to trouble you. You troubled Adam and Eve. And now I'm going to trouble you. Satan, get behind me. Devil, you're under my feet. The word takes supreme control in every circumstance. Every circumstance. Who didn't have trouble? Tell me, anybody, can, can somebody tell me one in, in the Bible anywhere, uh, Abraham, he never had any trouble, of course. Orn, did he have trouble? He had no trouble. He got a king once his wife. I'd say, I think he had a little bit of trouble there. He says, she's my sister. What, you coward? Hmm? Brother Bram said he lied. But nevertheless, the door of hope was still being opened to him. And he restored his wife back to Abraham. That was the last of his troubles. That was the last of his troubles, Nathan. No, 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 just no. That was the last of his troubles. No, that was the beginning of troubles. No. Then he's got Hagar. Then he's got Sarah. Take Hagar. Have a child by Hagar. Wild man. My goodness. Okay, right seed, wrong womb. We got all that. He was going to trouble. He's going to be a big troubler. He breeded a big troubler. Ah, Sarah. Sarah. She got the promise. She got Isaac. End of problems. Once I have a child, end of my problems. Really? Till he got to be about eh, 10, 12. Abraham, sacrifice your son. What? <laughs> Tell me, do the adversaries quit? Really? I don't think so. I don't think so. David never had any problems. It was a, it was a cakewalk as soon as he was anointed under the prophet's horn. He just had a cakewalk. He had no troubles whatsoever. His house was in perfect peace. <laughs> hello, 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 hello. You know it wasn't. And no, it wasn't perfect peace. And yes, he did. He have troubles. Yes, he did. But he had a God that was with him all the way. How about Esther? She didn't have a problem. She was just living her life. Then the king desires to have a, a new queen. And she all of a sudden gets caught up in this concubine business. And she ends up in the palace. Of course, she had a life of ease. Really. She had to lay her life on the line. The troubler had come. But every one of them faced their troubles. In closing, I want you to get this. Every one 
faces the troubles. They don't run from them. They run to them. They take the authority of their position. And then they stand back and watch God confirm his word. Watch God confirm his word. How many times, how many times did Brother Bram said, Sir, you got heart trouble. Sir, you've got kidney trouble. Ma'am, you've got blood trouble. The troubler had come to their house. But I want to say to them that maybe have now gone on, but the door of hope was standing right there. Sir, I see that you got some troubles. He says, you've had enough troubles. You've had a life of troubles. You've got trouble in your mouth. You've got trouble in your throat. These are all, I'm just got highlighting different ones. You've got trouble in your throat. It's caused from smoking. Will you give your life to Jesus? You will, sir. You're healed. <laughs> oh my, what a door. Why wouldn't you want to take this opportunity to run to this door? I am the door to the sheepfold. I stand at your door, being the door, and I knock. You've got trouble, sir, with your arthritis. It's bothering you. You've got female trouble. Every time there's trouble, God comes on the scene. If God will reveal to me your trouble, he said, Satan, you're losing your battle now. He knew exactly he was going to trouble the troubler. He said, sir, he said, God, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And Satan, you're losing. You're losing this battle. It's being pulled from every direction. Everywhere. But now faith is moving. And I want to say to you this morning, faith is moving within this church. Faith is moving within a people. Satan troubles us with COVID. It might be something else next week. And it'll be something else the month later. But nevertheless, we are victorious. Every person that's being troubled, he said, stand to your feet. And here's a man that now knew who he was in Christ. He said, every one of you that's been troubling or troubled or suffering cancer, tumors, stand to your feet. Every person with tumors, stand Everywhere. Satan knows his time has come. I want to say to you, elected lady, wherever you are in your homes, wherever you are listening, I want you to stand. Stand for Jesus Christ, the living word. Stand to your feet and say, Satan, faith is coming into my home and I'm going to drive out the troubler within my life within my home, within every situation I'm facing. There is a door of hope. 
that is here. I don't care if it's somebody else in the body that needs you. I'm going to stand for them. We're going to unite our hearts together. We're going to bind the devil. And we're going to trouble now the troubler. Because he troubled the family of God in Eden. And now we're going to trouble him in Satan's Eden. So you, with your, as you stand to your feet, God bless you. Musicians, why don't you come? He says, you that have stood to your feet, I'm going to cast out Satan. Almighty God. God, Satan knows his time has come. He's defeated tonight the, through the cross of Christ. And I adjure every demon, not just tumor, not just cancer, not just throat trouble, not just mouth trouble, not just blood trouble, not just ear trouble, not just eye trouble. I adjure every spirit. I adjure thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Come out of the people. And that's what we need is to stand on these promises with your hands lifted up and with your eyes closed. Satan, you've troubled me enough. I'm taking my rightful position in Jesus Christ. I take Jesus at his word. I stand at the door and knock. I've opened my heart to you, Lord Jesus. I'm asking you to trouble the one that has troubled me. I stand and I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Brother Branham said now, he said, do you believe it? You've stood, you've raised your hands, and now I want you to say, yes, I believe I'm going to trouble the troubler that's been troubling my children. I rebuke you, Satan. I stand against it in the name of Jesus Christ. Because that manifested one is now manifesting in me. Do you believe now? You're in the presence of God. And Brother Bram said, the presence of God is only recognized by his redeemed. Do you recognize in your little room this morning that Jesus has come in there to trouble the troubler, Tim? To trouble that which troubles you, troubles me. I bind Satan in the name of Jesus Christ. Do you believe now in the presence of our Lord Jesus that there's someone standing by you? It couldn't be me. I'm standing here. But the omnipotent God sees you where you're at, Michael. Sees where you are, dear sisters. He sees what your need and your cry is. Lord, give me my family. Give me my children. Give me my home. The troubles troubled my mind. Give me peace, Lord. Peace like a river. May it attend my way. Heavenly Father, with our hands lifted up, our heads bowed, maybe a broken up little message, Lord, to start out with. I pray, Lord, that you'll touch some heart this morning to realize that there has a door been opened and an entrance has been made and there's a purpose for me going through this door. Satan has had 6,000 years to trouble a bride. But this masterpiece family now is coming to her position. 
And she's going to take control of it. So whatever your need is in your home personally, I just want you to speak it out in the name of the Lord Jesus. And tell the devil, I claim my healing. Or I claim my deliverance. I claim it this morning. Through the blood. Through his blood. It is well. In the name of Jesus Christ, I claim it. With my soul. In that lovely name of Jesus Christ. It is well. It is. With my soul. Oh, it is well. Sing it out, saints of God. With my soul it is well it is well with my soul let's sing that first verse when Brother Bram said, to you that stood to your feet, to you that stood to your feet, Satan is now defeated. I want you to say that in your own heart. Satan, I stood to my feet, not because Brother Tom, because there was something in me. He said, I want to stand. Brother Bram said, those that stood, Satan is defeated tonight through the cross of Christ. And I want to say to you this morning, to whoever's standing in this assembly in your homes and those that have joined with us this morning, I say Satan has been defeated. Though Satan should
and Lord hates the day. And Lord hates the day. crutch underneath me either. So that's a victory. Praise the Lord. You know, I was in a room, and in this room was a gentleman. He was 74 years old, and his name was Tom. And he was sort of diagonal from me, and he was a professor of literature. And he was just, you know, driving his little bike on the seawall at Stanley Park. He had no idea what was coming next. You don't have any idea what's coming down next. You don't. And he was just retired professor. And out of nowhere comes this girl on a BMX bike, comes oh shoots over the wall, smashes into him, T-bones his bike and puts him in a hospital with cracked pelvis, broken, cracked hip. His pain... Um, prostate was enlarged. It was just a terrible situation. But God put him in my room. And then there was this other lady. She had a, a knee replacement and she had been home and she picked at it a little bit and infection got in and she had to come back and they wanted to do another operation. She was right, right beside me on the other bed. And you know when you have a captive audience you can really take advantage of it. Really. So they didn't know who I was and I wasn't going to say what I was until they asked. So a day goes by, who are you, who are you, who are you, who are you? I said, well, well, I'm a minister. Oh, yeah, what do you minister? Minister Bible, okay. So that night, and this is what started the genesis of the whole 10 days or so of witnessing to them. Joanne had come up to visit me and she told her mom that there was this professor that across from Tom. His name was Tom. So Sister Ruth, she sent me an email and she says, well, I'm, I'm going to pray for the room, but I, especially I'm going to pray for Professor Tom. So I said, ah, that's great. That's great. And so I tucked that in my heart and I thought there's going to be a right opportunity to use this. So that night came and, you know, You've been with these people for a few days now and before the lights are turned out, we said goodnight to everybody. And I said, oh, by the way, Professor Tom, um, I want to let you know something. He said, what's that? I said, the most godly woman that you'll ever meet in your entire life is praying for you tonight. 
She says, he doesn't, she, he told me, she, said, she doesn't even know me. I said, but Joanne, my wife, told her about you. And she's going to pray for your healing tonight. And your salvation. And saints, that opened an entrance for me abundantly. Abundantly. He said, that's amazing. And one thing led to another the next morning. And the lady next to me, and she's putting all this together. She said, he had to get hit by the bike to be here. I had to get an infection to be here. And brother Tom, you, or Tom, you needed another operation so that you could be here. So God put us all here. I said, it's pretty easy to witness somebody when you can get that kind of position. But saints of God, you said all that to say this, the doors have been open. And I had tremendous witnesses to these people. But it takes them individually to walk through that door. You can introduce them to the door. You can tell them about the door. You can tell them about all the doors in the doors. I told them how I couldn't have children. I told them how God gave me my wife, Joanne. I told them how Brother Ed walked with the prophet. I told them, there's many doors in this, in this door. You can take them to the door. But it's got to take a desire in their own heart to go through the door. And so as we close again, I want all the children to say, have I really walked through this door of Jesus Christ? I want to walk through that door and have that joy, have that peace, have that Christ live in me. Let's bow our heads one more time. Children, I see you standing there so attentively. May the Holy Spirit knock at your door this morning so that you could walk through the door. Heavenly Father, just a burden and a beckoning to these young ones. Lord, we're ready to go. So I was saying, Sister Joanne, coming to church, I got heaven on my mind. Lord, we don't want and we're not going to leave not one little one behind. But they've got to want to walk and accept this great door that's been opened for them so that they could walk into you and receive the blessings of God, of salvation, of redemption. So I ask, Lord, in the closing moments now as they will shut off their computers and they will maybe have their dinner together. May they talk about Jesus. Talk about this door. And how this entrance has been so ministered to us so abundantly in this generation. And may, not, may it not be somebody pushing them through the door. May it be something drawing them into the door. Draw them to your side. Draw, draw them to Christ. Draw them to yourself, Lord. So I ask that your blessing rest upon them. And I thank you for them, Lord. They've prayed much for me over these last months. Many emails, gifts, texts. Lord, I, I, I just couldn't keep up to them all. 
I want them all to know how much I love and appreciate them for reaching out to me, praying for me. Would you bless not only mummies and daddies, but bless the children. May they together, Lord, walk through this great open door. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Do you want to try that, honey, or you? Do you want to try this? How many got heaven on their mind? How many got heaven on their mind? Girls, do you have heaven on your mind? Are you feeling mighty fine? Does anybody know that old song? Uh, You're going to have to help me sing now. You know, I'm not a song leader here. You have a mic here? She needs a... No, you can't take care of her stuff. I can give it to you. I actually have to play. Like that. It's only one service, right? I got heaven on my mind. I, I, I got it, I got it all week. Couldn't get it off my mind. <laughs> okay. You want me to hold it for you? Ready. Oh, well, I'm feeling mighty fine. I got heaven on my mind. Oh, don't you know? I want to go. On my mind, now I'm feeling mighty fine. Oh, don't you know? I want to go where the milk, where the milk and honey flow. There's a light, There's a light that always shines down inside, down inside this heart of mine. I got heaven. Oh, One more time. Oh, I'm feeling mighty fine. I've got heaven on my mind. Oh, don't you know? I want to go where the milk and honey flow. There's a light that always shines down inside. This heart of mine, I've got heaven, heaven on my mind, and now I'm feeling mighty fine. Amen. May heaven be on your mind. A great door has been opened. Get ready to be raptured. We're going home. Shalom. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. You are dismissed. Glory! One more time.